Hello, and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. I'm the editor of Real Simple. And with me today are Karen Deerwester, who is author of The Entitlement Free Child and host of the podcast See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, and Jennifer Katawi, who is a mother of two girls and the owner and founder of Babesta, which is a baby and children's boutique with several locations in New York City. Karen and Jennifer, hi, welcome. Hi, Kristen. Hello. Thank you for making time for me in what I know is a super busy time of year. And, you know, as I tend to do in this podcast, I want to talk about me for a second. I'm Kristen Van Octop, the editor of Real Simple. I'm also mother of three children who get about, hmm, seven million presents for Christmas from various people who love them very much, as I do. And so I really wanted to get to the heart with you two of what we do about gifting for specifically for kids, how you feel about it, how you approach it, how you can stem the tide of relatives who are full of love, shall we say. <laughs> so Karen, so your book is called The Entitlement Free Child, which to me sounds like a recipe for parenting success. How do you, you know, do you see this in your own life? And, and what do you do about it? I want the flood of gifts to keep on coming. Really? want to go back to pre-entitlement. I don't want to go back to you have enough, be happy, you get what you get and you don't get upset. I want to hold that magic of kids waking up and seeing piles of presents that make them feel so special and loved because yes, all those relatives love them. However, we still need the plan for how to organize it, how to create really great habits. Toys for children, gifts for children are all about the relationships that they have with that stuff. Right. And so I think in our own homes, we find ways to make it, make them care about what they have, make them help them to take care of that and express that love for it, not just open it, discard it, open it, discard it. Right. Then you know you have to realign. Well, okay, so, okay, oh gosh. <clears throat> now you've changed my whole worldview, of course, or you've challenged my whole worldview because what I was hoping you would say was they get five presents. I mean, not no. really, that's an exaggeration. But, but, you know, all right, so I'm going to come back to you actually. I want to get Jennifer in here because Jennifer, you're a mom of two and you, I'm, I'm assuming, given that you have a New York based business, live in or around New York. So, but you are in retail, so you want people to buy stuff probably, but, and yet you're a mother whose kids probably get stuff. So, how do you handle this? This is the most exciting time of the year, both as a family and as a retailer. And we've been gearing up for the, the holiday season at our store for months and months and months. So, we've really worked to edit and curate what we're putting out there and all the things we pick, we absolutely love. And, um, you know, as a city mom and in our family life as well, as we're kind of deciding what kind of gifts we're going to give our own children, I think it's really about the edit. It's about the edit. We're a city family. We deal with city families all the time with our boutique, and we know that we're short on space, Mm -hmm. and we love this time of year. We love special gifts. We love the magic and excitement of the season, but at the same time, we're in New York City families. We don't have 
you know, thousands and thousands of square feet and basements and things where all these things can live. So we have to be really strategic when we enter the, the holiday season and communicate well with our, our family and friends to really, you know, make sure that we're, we're getting the bang of the season without overloading our lives with uh, a lot of stuff that, you know, after some time aggregates it. It builds up. It ends up taking space. So what we normally do, I I like to do a mix of want and need and then some surprises. And they they will always include experiences because they don't take up any space in the house, but they definitely take up a lot of space in the memories. Well, and don't, you know, I, I feel like I read research somewhere that said, you know, when you spend money on experiences, they it's a more lasting something, 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 I can't remember what else, then, you know, then if you get yourself a thing. And and I assume that kind of holds true for kids, too. I want to go back to Karen, though. So, Karen, I love your let's preserve the magic and have a kid come and see a pile of presents under the tree, because you're right. I mean, my youngest is eight, and to him, a giant pile of presents under the tree is, you know, obviously the best day of the entire year. That said, what I find is a problem with my own kids is they don't value every single thing. So how do you, you know, is there a way that you can, like, how can you make the kid care about every single thing when there are so many things? Right. And that, and I love that word, edit. We do have to edit it, but we can't edit it when it's time to be receiving and or giving. We want that generosity to be part of that experience. So what we wanna do is we start, of course, long before the holiday and long after to say, now let's look around and what do you, what means the most in this pile? What had, what do you like the best? Which do you wanna play with every day? Or which do you think maybe you overestimated how much you were gonna love this toy? Mm-hmm. And we create this self-awareness for our children to live in a consumer society that says, buy me, buy me, buy me, even with experiences, we don't want them to get overloaded with, I need more, more, more. Mm -hmm. The problem with the entitlement world is that you get on that rat wheel that says, it's never enough, it's never enough, it's never enough. But if you step that three steps back and say, okay, now what really makes me happy? What was the best of this? How do I, you know, how do I connect with this? And even the mistake gifts, the grandparent that buys the thing that's so foolhardy or so misaligned with your child. Right. And you have to say, oh, you know what? Why do you think grandma bought that for you? Um, what was she What was she hoping for? And make it about the exchange and about the giving and the receiving and not just about accumulating stuff. Because yeah, if it's, it, down the road, that stuff is going to feel like a meaningless heap. And we yeah. don't want that for our children either. When you think about spoiled children who grow up to be fill-in-the-blank adults, spoiled mm-hmm. adults, unbearable adults, whatever, sure. unhappy adults, what's the difference in your mind between a child who has all of his needs and desires met, who is spoiled, and a child who has all of his needs and desires met, who is not spoiled? Like, what's the differentiating factor? Meaning and purpose, connection, value, um, what happens with our children. And I think it happens at two. I mean, I think 
all kids come into this world as me, mine now. Mm -hmm. That's their natural state. And so, and because that's how they become their own person in this world. And what we want to do is we create this social, emotional life within them and around them that says, you know, you contribute to this family in a million ways. You're part of something bigger than yourself. It's the child who the child whose genuine needs are met. And I don't even distinguish between needs and wants because mm. I want those shoes. And you know what? I love those shoes and mm. I'm happy in those shoes and I'll dance in those shoes. So even that, but if it's about what I truly want from within myself, then that's a whole different experience than me just saying, okay, I had the red shoes yesterday. I wore them once. Now I need that. Or now that I have them, I don't need them anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea of slowing it down and having them understand that the things in their world are there as part of what, what, what connects with their soul, what connects with, with their play, with what connects with their relationships. It's about something bigger than it's not about a toy and it's certainly not about a hot toy. Right. Because I, that's just placeable. So Jennifer, how old are your girls? Uh, they're nine and 11. Okay. And so how do you, you know, they, so they, I, I'm sure they're, they're interested in mom's work, right? And in mom's business. Sure. And do you ever struggle with putting limits on them or helping them to realize the value of their stuff? when when it's so much a part of your world and i'm and you know i i will confess i've never experienced babesta but i love based on the name alone i know i would love it so i'm assuming it's an incredible well edited collection of things like how how do you do you have to sometimes make a disconnect between you know what you do and how you approach your own two daughters yeah, you know, it's a conversation we've had to have as a family from the get-go because we literally live on top of our store. So oh. It is there 24-7. Yeah. It's right under their noses. So whatever the latest fashion and toys and trends, it's right there. And they're seeing it come in real time and they're, oh, mommy, I want that or that's so cool. Or, the, you know, they, they respond to the things. And I had to learn quite early on you know, to help them distinguish that this is inventory and not just a free-flowing gift train. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I really did that by, by trying to, when they were old enough, get them to really understand the value of things and what goes into making all of these things, whether it be an artisan or a designer and the creative person behind it, the labor, the, the materials, the shipping, the costs of running a business, like all of these kind of real lessons, I think, you know, because they, they see it play out day in and day out in the, you know, kind of trials and tribulations of a small business, you know, I thought it was very appropriate to kind of get them to understand the whole ecosystem of, of, of retail, not to take away the magic of it, but also to understand it a little bit better and to also understand, you know, that just because it's here doesn't mean that we're going to get it because that would be that would be a never-ending thing in our situation. So, yeah. you know, we work very hard to connect presents with occasions and, you know, they're working hard for something. And, of course, the just-because presents throughout the year that are, you know, surprises, but divorce the idea of, you know, wow, that's really cool. I want that. I want one of those that just, you know, just came into the store. I, w I want one. Mm -hmm. I, I, I normally try to 
put some distance between want and get if if that equation does happen. Okay, so we are running out of time. I just wonder if you guys have any kind of last thoughts or tips on in this season, which, you know, obviously there are many families and children in this country for whom this is not a season of excess. And that's a sad reality that that you know, we can't fix in this podcast for the other for the other side of the spectrum for the kids, you know, and families where there's a lot of excess in this in this time of year. Do you two have any uh, recommendations or, or thoughts on, you know, as you, kind of as you were saying, Karen, how we get out of me, mine now and really, you know, work toward a, a, a sort of a gifting exchange that feels meaningful and not spoiling sure i think like my two points would be first for your for your own child as your child has experienced something if your child gets that one gift and discards it quickly then look for the gift that will really engage your child and know it could be the ball outside it could be something so open-ended and and wacky that your child will use their own way let them follow their own play. Mm-hmm. But for the child that wants a hundred dinosaurs or a hundred cars or collect something, but knows every detail of every nuance of that experience and treasures them and cares for them, allow them to have that collection and don't be afraid that that's too much. Right. If, but if you live in that world of too much, too much, too much, refocus your child on the giving and on how they can make somebody else happy. And if because if they need to be out there acquiring, let it pass through them to somebody else. And I think they'll still get the joy and the satisfaction of more, 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 but they'll still be contributing to something outside of themselves, which hopefully will give them that different perspective rather than emptiness within themselves rather than fullness. Okay, lovely. Jennifer, what would you say? Yeah, I think my my major thing would be to really teach your kids how to give, how to do the other side of it, how to be a great gift giver, how to really think about another person, talk to them, find out what they 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 love and what drives them and, you know, really invest themselves in others so that they can have you know, the the joy of really picking something out that was special for someone else. I think if you become a great gift giver, you, you sort of embrace the value of, of gifts. And I think that's a, you know, a really important piece of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, you know, so teach them the old adage, it's better to give than to receive, right? And eventually they'll learn it, hopefully. I think it's more than that. It's really teaching them to be great gift givers. And that's not just something, but really understanding another person and, and really, you know, working hard to know them and know what they'll like and, 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 and find that thing that's going to be that special and that connected to who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think if they really invest themselves to do that, I, I think they have a good perspective of the value of, of, of gifting. And I think they'll be good gift recipients as well. Okay, so so maybe not such an old adage, but maybe it's the it's not about you thing, which I think applies to success in so many areas of our life. Okay, so we are running out of time. That's it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. I have had the great pleasure of getting wisdom today from Karen Deerwester, who's author of The Entitlement Free Child and host of her own podcast, See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, and Jennifer Katawi, who is the owner and founder of Babesta 
which is the Baby and Children's Boutique here in New York City. Karen and Jennifer, thank you so much for being with me during this really busy holiday season. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Our producer is Tim Einenkel, and our engineer is Zach Dinerstein. I get a lot of help on this podcast from Caitlin Peary at Real Simple. So thank you, Caitlin. And please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet irritating people directly to me at KVanOckDrop. For more on all kinds of irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. For Karen Deerwester and Jennifer Katawi, I'm Kristen Van Octrop. Thanks for joining us.